All right. Uh, welcome back to all the creatures of the night to Talking Taker, the podcast that is digging up the career of the dead man, the greatest WWE performer of all time, exploring his legendary career one pay-per-view match at a time. Thank you for joining us on this journey. My name is Alex Dorio. I'm joined alongside my co-host and tag team partner, Travis White. How you doing today, buddy? I'm good, man. Finally out of that bathroom we recorded last weekend. Yeah, so if uh, <laughs> last week's episode sounded like it was recorded in a bathroom, that's because it was. Uh, <laughs> You're I, welcome. Yeah, exactly. Thanks, Perry Saturn. Exactly. Uh, I was on vacation, and so didn't have a great, great place to record, so... Just settled down in uh, in the bathroom, and, and we got it done. Got the episode out. That's all that matters. So thanks for listening to it, and hope, hope it didn't sound too terrible. We're still we're amateurs. We're still working on the sound quality. Uh, like I said before, we're we're not professional wrestlers at all. Certainly, we don't have any inside scoop yeah. on the business, and not professional podcasters either. So uh, open to tips and open to helpful hints and anything like that for uh, anybody else on how to best record this stuff. Uh, I'm over here in uh, outside of Atlanta, and Travis is outside of uh, outside of Tennessee in Virginia, depending on depending <laughs> on the day. Yeah, <laughs> right now I'm in Tennessee. Yeah, we're just on the Skype call and uh, trying to do our best, but we appreciate you listening and uh, sitting through all that all that nonsense or whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. Well, here we are. We're at here we uh, are. Undertaker has won his first. World Heavyweight Championship, WWF Championship, whatever they called it back then. WWF World Heavyweight Championship title belt, yeah, whatever. I think that's um, right. Six days ago, according, and now we're at this Tuesday in Texas on December 3rd, 1991. So only six days after SummerSlam. So. Oh, or Survivor Series. I mean, Survivor Series, yeah. Yeah. I wrote, I wrote SS on my notes, and I always think SummerSlam because it just passed. So yeah, Survivor Series. Yeah. Excuse me. So Survivor Series ends with The Undertaker. Uh, it ends with a great promo that also starts off this Tuesday in Texas. Here in the catacombs, in the bowels, if you will, of Joe Louis Arena, where I have finally found the new World Wrestling Federation champion, The Undertaker. Manager Paul Bear, you cannot be happy with the decision of President Jack Tully ordering the rematch this Tuesday in Texas with your man, The Undertaker, facing the immortal Hulk Hogan. Oh, Mr. Oakland, nothing is immortal, not even Hulkamania. Hulkamania died right here this very evening, oh yes. And normally, Mr. Oakland, when something dies, you hold the services almost immediately. But not in the case of Hulkamania, we'll hold him over, yes, right in the embalming room of my funeral parlor. And sometime between now and Tuesday, we will eviscerate him, oh yes, eviscerate his bluing flesh, all that stench. He warned you what was in store for Hulk Hogan. And now, Mr. Okerlund, let me enlighten you what we have in store for Hulkamania. Look into the coffin. You look, Mr. Okerlund. Look. Hulkamania 
It died in Survivor Series. Now, the only thing left is this Tuesday. The burial. So it ends with The Undertaker saying he's he's uh, killed Hulkamania. Hulkamania is dead, and all that's left is to bury to bury it. Uh, it's a great promo underneath, in quotation marks, <laughs> underneath, the yeah. Joe Louis Arena. <laughs> now, on Tuesday, he's going to bury uh, Hulk Hogan, he says. So. Uh, and we're at uh, this Tuesday in Texas, a, a interesting pay-per-view experiment for the WWF at the time. Uh, so generally, or, or what they'd had before was you had Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. Um, and that had been the case for a couple years. Survivor Series was a few years old at the time. It was the most recent pay-per-view added. So you had your four pay-per-views a year. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere... WWF adds a fifth pay-per-view less than a week later uh, in a real interesting experiment, trying to test the waters of if they can do a move from not just having a few pay-per-views a year, but weekly pay-per-views, and trying to test out the, that, that back-to-back model, and they build it off of this controversy of The Undertaker and Hulk Hogan's title change, and also a big Jake the Snake, Randy Savage uh, blood feud that's going on, which has a, a incredible angle that they do here. That maybe we can talk about that later, too. Uh, but you know, it's a real interesting thing. Did you uh, had you ever seen this pay per view before? I had not ever before. Before I watched it, um, as we were going to review this, I watched a lot of it actually, and um, I'd never seen it before. I'd always heard about it, I and mean, once the network came out, I wanted to watch it, um, but I'd never seen it until we started talking about this. And so this is the first time I've ever seen this match as well. So yeah, it was for me. But do you think it was like a house show they had that they just decided to, you know, build the angle around it and, you know, say they're going to put it on pay- Or do you think they made it, you know, book this show as a pay-per-view? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I think, think that they... First? I don't know. I think that they... I mean, they already had the date booked. Uh, it, yeah. it looks like it was a TV taping. Uh, I was okay. reading through the history of WWE site. And so, yeah, I'm sure they just had the date booked. I don't know when the decision came along to, to turn right. it into a pay-per-view thing uh but it, it it was not a success at the time it was no. yeah not at all yeah, they didn't do it for a long <laughs> they never did this tuesday in texas again so obviously it wasn't yeah, a success it's a one and done uh but I, I i read that the buy rate of it was half of the survivor series the week before so survivor series did like 200 uh 280 000 buys on pay-per-view and then this tuesday in texas only did 140,000 buys. So uh, I guess it's weird. Like they did, they were doing Survivor Series back then during the week on Thanksgiving right. Eve, like we talked yeah, about. Yeah, it's Wednesday. Yeah. So that, I guess you could do that when kids had school out, but doing a pay per view just on a Tuesday night, uh, I'm sure a lot of people were working, a lot of people had school. They're probably not going to spend money on a pay per view. Uh, and especially when they'd just done it and they weren't used right. to doing it, to spending that much money back to back at the same time. So, uh, but it's an interesting failure, I think, because obviously nowadays we live at a time where we have the WWE Network and we have, uh, I don't know, 15, 16 pay per views a year, plus you've got May Young Classic and NXT Takeovers and, and all these other live events. And 
that's I think what Vince McMahon wanted all along 25 26 years ago it it took a long long time to get there but this pay-per-view is kind of an interesting uh, genesis of that whole idea that we have now yeah, and, and I know listening to like Bruce Pritchard's podcast, he talks about In Your House. He talks about that. They wanted mm-hmm. to kind of do the, you know, try the monthlies, and they want to try to see if they can do a weekly type thing too, So, which is a precursor to the original TNA, you know, model. They yeah, they tried it too. On Wednesdays, you know, Wednesday nights. On, back in 2002, they had a, you know, 999 or whatever it was, and you paid yeah. for it. So this seems like the, you know, like you said, the predecessor to all of those things, which is so cool. Because even now we get, you know, Beast from the East. They're just in Japan. They're like, oh, let's just put this on network. Like, right. Let's just stream live. So, which is really cool to think about because, yeah, Vince Man obviously had this vision, you know, 26 years ago, which is pretty cool. I love that Beast but, from the East show. That was fun. Just yes, waking up super early to, to watch that. Too. that, was, that was, I wish they'd do more of that. Yep. Uh, you could almost even say this is like a precursor to, to Monday Night Raw, even because Survivor Series ends. Yep. And there's big controversy, and so you got to tune in next week and see the big, uh, the blow off, see the next angle, like this weekly storytelling thing, which didn't really happen. Like everything was a slow, slow process back then. Uh, and here you got you got the angle, you got the storyline, and, and, and tune in next week to to see the results of it. And that's what we get now with Monday Night Raw. So in a way, uh, it, it's a really interesting failure. <laughs> yeah, Let's, I, I didn't even think about that because take, we take for granted that Raw's on now, but Raw didn't start till was it January? January 93. Or something, 93, so yeah, a couple months from, you know, this. Uh, well, a year, and, a year and a couple months from this. So right. yeah, I, I didn't even think about that aspect because, yeah, there was so much time in between. You know, there's only four big shows, and you got, you know, Saturday night's, you know, Saturday night's main event. Saturday night's main event, yeah. Yeah, and superstars were wrestling or whatever it was, and so... They had to build those stories along that, and that's kind of why shows like Survivor Series were so cool, as you were mentioning, is that you finally get all the big stars on there, you know? So, yeah, this kind of is a precursor to Raw. I never thought about it that way. Pretty yeah. cool observation. Well, uh, like we said, not it wasn't, a, it wasn't a success, but I guess not for lack of trying. Uh, right. And the matchup here is, once again, the rematch, The Undertaker versus Hulk Hogan. The Undertaker's only pay-per-view title defense, but... Uh, I did see that he did have a couple house show defenses. Uh, do you know who it was against? Who he defended the title against? Like in the, in the six days in between? Yeah, yeah. He had no, three house show defenses. I didn't look it up. All against the same guy, uh, against the British Bulldog. Wow. Yeah. And you what can actually, found? you can go on YouTube and you can find one of them. Uh, just search for Undertaker, British Bulldog, and there's one from... Uh, that weekend, it's got French commentary to it, but it looks like it took place in Canada. But yeah, it's the only time you'll see him besides this match coming out with the uh, with the championship. So wow, yeah, interesting little footnote. It is interesting. I didn't. Really, they did a lot of shows back then too. Then oh my they, goodness, that was on a Wednesday and this was on Tuesday, and he defended the title three times in between there. I guess yes. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I think two of them might have been on the same day. Like they were running oh, wow. like yeah. morning shows and afternoon shows, and they had a show on Thanksgiving. Like they had a show the night after Survivor Series. Really? So wow. They were working every day back then, man. It's crazy. Yeah, really crazy. Uh, so like we said, there's there's a great promo uh, that we get to see between Hogan uh, or between Undertaker and Paul Bearer. Hulk Hogan cuts another promo uh, on this show, or he cut—he didn't do one on Survivor Series, but he definitely cuts right. one on this one. He's—he's he's feeling real jacked about this match. 
decided <laughs> to be there. Uh, and Undertaker struts out to the ring. Uh, just first. Just comes out of the ring first, right? Yep. Dragging the title just yeah. behind him. Like, we talked about his gimmick. Like, he, he doesn't break that character and... The character back then probably wouldn't have even cared that they had the title, right. so he's just he's just bringing it out there with him. Yeah, it's cool to see. Like I said, I mentioned you know last episode about how he doesn't have the Shawn Michaels boyhood dream reaction. He doesn't doesn't come out wearing it. You're right. He just drags it, kind of like a you know caveman just drags the title kind of behind him, and you know it's not a big deal. You know, which is really cool to see because I'm sure it was inside. He's only like 26 years old, I think, at this point. So, oh yeah, I did uh, I, I did find that note. He was at this time he was the youngest. WWF champion in history. So oh, okay. That's why I think um, uh, Yokozuna takes that uh, title away from him, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as the youngest champion once Yokozuna wins it. But at this point, he is the youngest WWF champion in history. Interesting. Yokozuna would take that, and then Brock Lesnar would take that, and then Randy Orton would take that. So Yeah. Uh, that was pretty, I didn't pretty think cool. about he's that. 26 years old. So I'm sure inside he's buzzing, you know, like this is great, even though it's only six days. But, you know, his character couldn't possibly care that much about it, so he's just dragging it. So. And as he comes out, Heenan mentions again that he's undefeated. So, um, he, Bobby Heenan again on commentary, awesome as always. And he's like, he's undefeated, and uh, we'll see when he gets his first defeat, which will be spoiler alert, in about, right here, in about ten yeah. minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, about thirteen minutes and nine seconds from now. So, so this was longer than the Survivor Series. This is longer than Survivor Series, yeah, by like whatever twenty-five, thirty seconds or something. So, um, well, but, that yeah. The match officially starts, and it should have ended by disqualification, right? Yep. Right after the bell rang. Yeah. <laughs> because Paul Bearer, like, the bell rings, and then Paul Bearer and Undertaker attack Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Beat him down. Right in uh, front of the referee. The, yeah, there's that. And then um, uh, he sits up after an atomic drop, or Manhattan drop, I guess, technically. Yeah. He's facing, facing Hulk Hogan, so yeah. it's a Manhattan drop. And then body slam. He gets body slam, and he sits up, and he goes over the top rope, and... Uh, chokes Hulk on the outside, and there is absolutely no 10 count in the referee. Nope. And commentary points it out. So, referee here is not calling for the DQ and not issuing the 10 count on the outside. And the referee is uh, making it apparent. I mean, the uh, commentary is bringing it out, you know, so we can all say, like, why is he not counting to, to 10? So, um, and he chokes him right in front of uh, Jack Tunney, too, WWF yes, president, who yes. is sitting at ringside to monitor the, the controversy from the uh, sure. the the Survivor Series show, so he chokes right. him right in front of him, too. Yeah, lots and lots of choking again. Lots of uh, choking. Again, this match wouldn't fly today, get boring boring chants and all that. And then um, also, uh, I noticed Undertaker does a choke, and the ref counts to five twice and doesn't DQ him. doesn't break either. him. He's afraid so, of him. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And they, they mentioned that, like, well, this referee's not going to, he, he, you know, he, he's backing off Undertaker. Maybe he's just letting him have some, you know, free reign here, so... That was kind of neat, you know, because he is. He's going to tell the Undertaker you're disqualified, you know. So, right. Um, but you talked you talk last episode about uh, Hogan acting like a heel. He he bites the Undertaker. He pulls <laughs> yeah. his bandana off, puts it in, on top of uh, Undertaker. He's doing the ten punches in the corner and just bites his face. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> he gives it right back to him. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> this is the pre, pre-Hollywood Hogan. Hulk Hogan oh, is yeah. already a heel, though. That's great. Definitely. <laughs> and I'm, in this, I believe, that, is this the first match we see him do the uh, what we call old school in? I, I, it's the first time Did I noticed it? it, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember him doing it at the other matches we've reviewed, but mm-hmm. um, he does the top rope, you know. The rope, top walk. rope walk. Yeah, which now, nowadays we call it old school, but back then 
they wouldn't have called it yeah. that. But new school. Yeah, exactly. Commentary didn't like. They didn't play it up like it was the first time though. They were like, yeah. oh, look how agile. So he must have done it before on, you know, some of the syndicated shows or whatever. Yeah. But, but I noticed that for us, you know, we'll, we'll, since we're just going through pay-per-view shows, I don't recall it happening yet, and this is the first time I remember seeing it. So um, I just thought that was noteworthy. Because um, again, it's it's so crazy to see such a you know he's what three hundred and twenty-eight pounds or something, six foot ten, and he just he's a big guy and he's up there walking the rope. I mean, I understand. He's being braced by the other guy's arm, but still, it's neat to see a big guy like that walk across the top rope. So. Yeah, I mean, especially as a kid, like uh, we talked oh, in the last yeah. episode about the that his eyes rolling in the back of the head yeah. being like the like that doesn't make any sense. How does that happen? But that move too, the rope walk, that's such a huge part of his character. It's just such a great spot, so unique and not like anything anybody else was doing back then, especially for for a big guy to do that thing and. Uh, it's just crazy. It, it adds to his aura. Uh, it just feels kind of supernatural that he's able to balance himself up there like yeah. that. And yeah, it's an, it's an iconic spot uh, that he does here. And so we're, we're starting to see the evolution of all these things. Um, I notice uh, I'm waiting for him to do the choke slam. You know, he's right. done a lot of choking. Say, he hasn't done that yet. Lots of choking, but he's, he hasn't done the choke slam yeah. just yet. We'll get to that in a few uh, a few matches from now, I believe. So he's got the old uh, the flying clothesline, like yep. that that thing that looks awesome every time he does it too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think we see his first major botch uh, yes. uh, yeah. in this yep. match too. I had to I had to rewind it like three times to try and figure out what exactly happens. Yeah, and well, and right, we mentioned this right before that he has Hulk in the, one of those smothering things yeah. again, like the face claw smothering his mouth. Where all he has to do is plug his nose and he'll die. Um, he has another one of those moves for, I mean, it felt like five minutes. Yeah. I was like, but again, the crowd doesn't care. They're, they love it, man. San Antonio's just going nuts for it and, you know, booing when they're supposed to boo and cheering for Hogan. But, yeah, right after that, they get up and um, you're right. They shoot each other into the ropes and I don't know what happened. <laughs> he falls or something. Bobby Heenan says he, he must have hit a wet spot in the ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Heenan's so good. Yeah. yeah, but he falls and... They don't know what to do for a second. Yeah, <laughs> Hogan and right. Tigger are they, like, uh... <laughs> they don't like, you, they don't flub it up like, uh, what was that Elimination Chamber a few years ago when Mark oh Henry's thing gosh. opened up and yeah. it looked like everyone just had stage fright all of a sudden? Yeah. It wasn't as bad wasn't as quite that, that but bad. they didn't, but now Undertaker didn't break character though. I mean, he's not like, his eyes aren't bulging out, he's not wigging out or anything. They just kind of, Hulk kind of leads him through it and they just basically do the spot again. And yeah. And he comes back and, and does the diving lariat and the crowd jumps up off their feet and loves it even though he's a heel they, they love that move yeah um and he goes for old school again right after that but of course you can't ever do the same move twice no not especially not on hogan you're gonna get tossed off you know he gets tossed off so he gets tossed off and then we head into the finishing sequence with uh rick flair coming out again to try and interfere and uh bringing the chair with him and hogan goes right after him and hits him with the chair Without right. any provocation or anything yeah, like that. Completely unprovoked. As a heel here, hitting them. And that takes out uh, Jack Tony as yep. well, right? Yep. So. He takes a bump off of it. Uh, and then, so, last sh- uh, Survivor Series, Undertaker used the chair to beat Hogan. In this match, to beat Undertaker, Hogan has to use a chair shot, a shot from the urn, and then pouring the ashes out of the yep. urn and throwing those in the Undertaker's face. So three 
foreign objects, essentially. Pretty des- despicable acts of cheating as well. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. Chair shot, shot with the urn, because I think, is that Paul Bear goes to hit him and he misses and hits Undertaker instead? Yep. Yeah, yep. and then Hogan dumps the ashes out, throws him, and then he does, beats him with like a schoolboy. He yeah, rolls him up. rolls him up. Yeah. Which I guess, you know, Undertaker was trying to hit Hogan with the chair and the urn, so I guess it's yeah, fair yeah. that he did that. But the the ashes, man, that's, that's dirty, man. Like, yes. poured out. Who, that could have been like Undertaker's mom or his, or his granddad still or something. Know. We still don't every know. Week, yeah, every episode, commentary is like, "What's in the What's in the urn? Nobody knows." So, but it is ashes of some kind. Yep. We do learn that. Uh, so that's pretty neat. And I don't remember that. I, I remember we'll get to Royal Rumble '94, and uh, I remember the urn gets unlocked uh, and some green smoke comes out of it at that yes. point. Uh, and then another point, there's just a giant light coming out of it. Uh, but yes. but this time it was ashes uh, <laughs> <laughs> coming out of there, uh, and that's what gets um, uh, that's what gets Hogan the win here. Uh, which is yeah, they're definitely protecting Undertaker. That sure, it takes that much. That's my next comment is going to be yeah to he, give he, him he, his he first loss. There's no big boot leg drop. It wasn't definitive. I mean, he beat him yes one two three, but it wasn't like a definitive. I beat you down. You know, he, he had to. Hogan had to cheat to win, basically. Right. So, and again, as I mentioned last episode, you know, Undertaker's kind of a pawn in the story between Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan here, and so it's not, you know, he he comes out without, you know, I mean, he's, it's a loss, but he's not, he doesn't look stupid in it, you know. So yeah, he can still go up from here. And uh, but 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 again, immediately, did you notice this immediately after the match, and Hulk Hogan is awarded the belt. He hits Undertaker in the head with it and unlocks Undertaker over. <laughs> like, hey, so he's still not had enough. He still say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and uh, hit the Undertaker in the head with the belt. So, <laughs> Hulk Hogan's still not really the baby face we should all love. But, no. Um, what a jerk. Again, but, 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 it's all playing into that controversy around the title between Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan. So it, it taken out of context, it's like, man, what a heel, but... In uh, in context here, it does make sense. So yeah, so this is that controversial finish that leads to probably the greatest Royal Rumble of all time. Oh, no question, no question. As uh, someone say, it's... arguably, I would say not arguably. Yeah, it is the greatest Royal Rumble of all time. So and we're not going to cover it here just because right. uh, I mean the Undertaker's in it, but it's not a super memorable, not not very important Undertaker match. Uh, I believe he's. And it... It doesn't lead to his WrestleMania match either. No, so not at all. It's just, he's just in it. So. He gets, I think he gets eliminated by Hogan in that match. So a little comeuppance again uh, for for beating Hogan that one time. So he gets a little, yeah. Hogan gets more revenge, I guess. Exactly. But uh, yeah. Win back and his win back and his win back, brother. We will get to his next match, uh, the second match of the streak, WrestleMania eight against Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, really, I'm excited about that one. I, I'm excited to talk about Jake the Snake, uh, especially after watching this Tuesday in Texas. I, I didn't. I, I just was skipping along the chapters on the network, and I, I saw the end of his match with Randy Savage here, and uh, it's just this great, great angle. It's Jake the Snake is just on fire as a heel here. Yeah. Um, he's He had just put the snake onto Randy Savage's arm and, and, and had the snake bite Savage's arm. That's what led to th- their match. And Savage beats him here. Uh, and, he, and and Savage is, is still wanting to get revenge after he wins, so he 
tries to get a chair and the referee gets rid of the chair. He tries to grab the ring bell and the ref throws the ring bell out. And by that time, Jake the Snake is woken up and he DDTs Savage like three times. And Elizabeth comes out there and is crying and he's just just talking so much trash to Elizabeth, telling her to beg for him to, to stop. Uh, and he's not supposed to have the snake because all the reptiles have been banned from ringside from Jack Tunney. <laughs> But he grabs the bag out from under the ring, but he doesn't show what's in the bag. Uh, and he finally just slaps Elizabeth. Uh, he picks her up by the hair yeah. and slaps her and knocks her down. And it's just, it's Brutal. incredible. The heat is off the charts and he's just vile and disgusting. And he's on fire as a heel. So I'm excited to see him up against The Undertaker. And uh, The Undertaker as a babyface for the first time. And yeah, he will be a babyface at that point. Yeah, giving so. some punishment to uh, the dirty, dastardly Jake the Snake. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Sure will. It's a good match too. But yep. But that's for another time, another episode. Uh, we, you know, we we're only covering one match every week, so uh, we're hoping to keep these short and sweet, where you can just blow right through them, and uh, <laughs> they're longer than the matches themselves. But yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> you, you, we're trying not to be like all the other wrestling podcasts out there. They're five hours long, and just right. a couple wrestling fans having some fun talking about one one match every week, one legendary career. Uh, like we said, short and sweet, and hopefully you enjoy it and you breeze right through them. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Talking Taker, and uh, you can follow me at Alex Dorio. That's D O R I O T. And then you've got the Twitterless Travis White over there. If you want to shoot a message to him? Uh, I'll pass that along for you. Uh, we appreciate all the support, all the listeners. Uh, I think we're over uh, uh, 200 followers now, so that's exciting. And uh, hope to keep that growing. And tell your friends about it. Pa- spread the word. Uh, we do appreciate it. Uh, means a lot to us. And let us know what you think, what you thought of this match, this Tuesday in Texas. What are your memories of that? And uh, yeah, if you were there, let us know. Oh, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> or if you saw the Undertaker versus Bulldog, one of those yes, rare. If you saw title one of those defenses. three matches in between, <laughs> if you speak French and you can decide for the commentary. On oh, the I would YouTube, love that. Yeah. Please let us know what they say. That'd be great. So. <laughs> But seriously, thank you, everybody, and we are looking forward to doing more of these and having more listeners, and we appreciate all the support. Yep. Straight shoot, brother. Uh, Rest in peace.